Okay. So welcome everybody. We are um, continuing chapter five. Last week we started chapter five and we kind of like touched, you know, dipped our toe in. And now we're going to continue with chapter five. And what we are discussing, let's remind ourselves, because a week is a very long time. Lots of things happen in a week. Like, I don't know. I don't think I can remember like what we talked about last week without actually um, intentionally remembering. So we are, um, we're talking about the, remember, okay, overall, we're talking about return and repentance Hashem, right? Last class, we were kind of uncovering this concept of separation. What causes separation between a person and God. And we brought the example of speech and breath, right? When you speak, you can speak through an obstruction, right? It might not be as clear, but like if I'm on one side of the wall and you're on the other side of the wall, like I could still hear you. But breath cannot travel through a wall, right? It can't, it can't connect with an obstruction. And so we said that there's two ways Hashem um, sustains the world, right? Everything besides for the human soul, everything is sustained by God's external um, powers, right? And that's through speech, right? So the world and the animals and nature, all those things are sustained by the external, um, the external part of God. I guess that's how you would say it. But the soul is, is sustained by the internal part of God because the soul was breathed into us, right? Our, the soul is Hashem's breath. And so what did we figure out and what are we starting to piece together and understand is that when there's a disconnect between the soul and God, it doesn't necessarily disconnect that the world can still exist, but our soul is going to have an obstruction. And what does that mean? It means it's going to be much harder for our soul to tap into the, our connection with God because there's a blockage. And we said there's only one thing that could cause a blockage. What's that one thing? Is a transgression. Right? Why? Why could it? Why is that the only thing that can cause a blockage? Is because that's going against Hashem's will. That's the only thing that will stop, um, you know, that connection between us and God. And we did. We're gonna elaborate more later, but we talked about how this connection, if you would envision it like a rope, right? Like the spinal cord, right? Like the connection between the spinal cord and the brain, right? Or the connection between the rope, us and the and God is connected between this rope that if you damage it, right? It, it really affects your relationship and your connection. And some of the questions that we have, and we're gonna definitely delve in more to today, we won't have all the answers, but we're gonna talk more about is, what do you mean disconnection? We learned, we spent a lot of time learning that everything is God, right? So what do you mean like there's something outside of God or something that can disconnect us from God, right? Like what does that even mean? So we started talking, yes, last class, and this is kind of where we're going to pick up, is that 
Hashem, this, like everything is Hashem, right? And because Hashem is infinite, he created the world in a way that there's this one thing that can disconnect you. There's this one thing that is an obstruction to him, right? And what is that one thing? It's transgression, right? And we're going to talk about this more, but the, the point is that this idea of separation is exists because why? Why do we need this idea to exist? Because we need to have free choice, right? We need to have an ability to choose something else other than God to make this choice mean anything, right? So Hashem created a world that there's an illusion of separateness, right? There's this illusion that you could actually separate from him. And if we if we actually buy into that illusion, if we buy into the fact that we're separate beings and we can um, do what we want and we can, you know, disregard God, then we, we, we step right into that trap and that separates us from him. Okay. So, um, so God, this is where we're going to have to hold for, uh, for quite some time. And remember, we're never going to really understand God's ways, but we're going to try the best we can because we're supposed to learn and understand as much as we can, even though we know, even though we know, oh my gosh, I'm like, I lost my bracelet. I don't know where it is. Um, even though we know um, that we're, we're, we're eventually not going to be able to understand, right? So we're going to hold, we're going to right now, simultaneously, we're going to hold two things at once. Okay. We're going to hold the fact that Hashem is everything and everywhere, right. And is everything. And we're also going to hold this concept of obstruction and separation. Okay. And we're going to try to merge the two throughout this class as much as we can. So, um, what does, so the question we're going to, we're going to elaborate on the question for a second. Does doesn't all reality flow from God alone? Doesn't everything come from God? So if everything comes from God, what then can obstruct and conceal his presence? If, even if we're saying that these two things exist, like what is it that can really obstruct God from us if it's coming from God? Like we, we need to understand the semantics a little bit. We need to, you know how, the author really likes for us to understand the mechanics of how the world works, how our soul works, how God works, right? Because, you know, there's so many things where the author could be like, just this is how it is, right? Just this is how it is. But no, that he spends so much time in the Tanya really delving into as much as we can, understanding why the things work the way they do. Why? Why do we need to know as much as we can? Because the more we understand and the more we can really connect the more powerful it is for us and the more that it means something to us, right? If we're just going to be like, just, there are things that we do in Judaism that you do it because God said so and you do it because, right? But even the mitzvahs and the, and the transgressions that we do because God said so, what we're really understanding is, well, why does God say so? And also, just because we don't understand the actual reason for this particular mitzvah, we understand the value in connection and disconnection, right? If we can understand how 
um, impactful connection and disconnection is, sometimes the why isn't that important anymore, right? It's just like, we understand the importance of the action itself, okay? So, so yes, there is something abstract that obstructs God's connection. And this is from the prophet um, um, Yeshaya, so Isaiah. And he says, um, it, the, the thing that obstructs God is not in the fabric of the actual world or the worlds, but rather it's between you and God. Okay. And um, there's only one thing that exists that can cause separation. And that is the breaching of the will of God, i.e. sin. Okay. Sin, if we want to understand what a sin is, right? What a transgression is. In simple terms, it's breaching the will of God. It's going against God's will. It's really that simple, right? So this was what I read today that really impacted me. So God gives life to everything, okay? He gives life to the angels. He, give li he gives life to the humans. He gives life to the tiny spider, right? And he wills them into existence in that moment. If there is something that is alive or present or here, it's because God is willing it to exist in every single moment, right? So what is sin? What for that matter is evil? If, if everything that is existing now is willed into existence by God himself, what is what is evil? Like how like how do we reconcile evil and God willing it to into existence? Right? That's like, like a big pill to swallow. And this is what was so powerful for me. And I, I don't know if it's gonna impact you the way it did me, but we can talk about it. What really impacted me is that evil is does is not an, an objective phenomenon but rather what man does with it. So I'm gonna explain. So for example, a spider is not bad, right? The existence of a spider, and for that matter, the existence of a pig is not bad. It's only bad if a Jew decides to eat it. In that moment, he breaches the will of God, which was, that dictates do not eat insects, right? Can't eat a spider, do not eat pig, right? So basically in that moment, the human who has a choice takes something that is perfectly okay and then makes it evil or makes it against God's will. And that creates the short circuit between God and the human. So what are we saying? We're the opposite of elevation. What? The opposite of elevating something. And yeah, it's demote. It's like demotion, right? Like you're because we we whoever's been um in class with me from the beginning, we know the concept of klipas noga, right? That neutral um energy that can either go up or down, right? Ninety nine percent of the world is klipas noga. 
that, that it's neutral. And depending what the human decides to do with it, that's what determines its energy. So what we're saying, what we're saying here, which is so fascinating. And I, and we probably, I mean, I probably know, we probably know, but you know how you hear sometimes something at the right time or in a, from a different perspective or a different wording and it like impacts you differently. So, so basically what we're saying is that God does not create evil. God creates the potential for evil. And it's only the human that chooses to turn whatever God put into this world to good or to evil. So if you think about that, that is very huge because what we're, what are we saying? We're saying God, God doesn't like sit and sustain this big black hole of evil and says, here's evil and I'm giving it life. God says, here's your opportunities. Here are your choices, right? I'm going to give you, there is this opportunity for evil. I'm going to give you the freedom to make a bad choice. But if you don't make that bad choice, the evil doesn't exist. It's only if you choose to do that thing and take something neutral or make it negative or, or just tap into negativity itself that that evil exists. Does that land for you? Yeah, it makes me think of what's happening in Israel right now. And right? It makes you think so. Why? why is it so impactful for me? Because it was like, you know, part of me like want, like wants to blame God. And yes, he does. Like nothing happens without God's will. So we, we are going to have to reconcile that or not. Like my husband was saying, like, we're not supposed to really like spend so much time understanding the secrets of God's actions because we're not God. So we're never really going to fully understand. So there's a part that might not be reconcilable with the fact that it got allowed something so terrible to happen. But what we, but what I think we get distracted from is that God did not create the evil. He created the humans who had the choice to do evil. And, and, and what we're going to go on further to say is that only the only creation that has the ability to choose evil are humans, right? So in, in, in Parsa Shira, um, there's in that chapter, it describes how every creation in the universe has a song. Okay. So the dog's bark is its song to God. It, the, the frog's croak is God, it's is a song, right? The trees, the, the ocean, the wind, everything has a, a a way that it expresses its service to God. Now, um the frog and the dog and whatever animals or whatever nature, right? Like tornadoes, all those things, like th those creations do not have choice, right? They are commanded by God or they have instinctual hard drive that tells it what to do and that and they follow God's will 100%. A, an animal or a or nature cannot go against God's will. Whatever it does in this world is directly what God wants it to do. Humans are not created that way, right? Only humans can choose to I love how he worded it here. He said, only humans can choose to sing in tandem with all of creation or not. 
Only they are capable of violating the will of God. Right? And if they choose to violate the will of God, that creates space that is empty of a divine will, which then causes the separation. Because when a human chooses to divert its kind of actions or its song away from what God wants from it or what it's intended, then you create this void. Now there's this void where God isn't present. And that void creates your short circuiting between you and God. And when there's a short circuit, like you can't get the energy. You're not getting what happens when there's a short circuit. I'm not an electrical whatever, but when there's a short circuit, like it doesn't work, right? Like it's not getting the power. So we, when we're not, like we're the ones that are creating that short circuit. And the only way to create that short circuit is if we choose to um, tap into or to, um, what's um, there's a good word that I, to tap into that potential for evil. So we're, we're, yes, did God create the potential for evil? Yes. But only the humans can make evil actually exist in this world. Now, um, there any questions so far? No, okay. So, um, there's a simple explanation for the concept of desecrating that which is holy, okay? So the word for desecration is hilul. H I I'm gonna I'm gonna chat it. Yeah. Don't autocorrect me. Okay. The word for desecration is hilul, which comes from the word halal, which means void or cavity. Okay, so desecration, hilul which comes from the word halal, which is void or cavity, okay? So when a person desecrates God's will, he creates a gap, a void of holiness, right? Reality is not hollow. Reality does not, is not riddled with cavities. It's entirely permeated by God, by the divine. It's only transgression chosen to do by humans that could create this vacant like space in reality okay so there this is a we're gonna we're gonna go deeper and deeper but what what I want you to think about right now is the fact that first of all Hashem created us with so much, so much power and so much abilities, right? Like what, I mean, that was the whole purpose of the world, right? What energy are we going to um, project, right? And every, and this is why we talked about it, Tanya many times. It's not just a personal service, right? When you're serving God, yes, of course, you're affecting your personal soul and your personal life. But every time you 
um, sin or you do a good deed, you are bringing that energy into the world, whether it's good or bad, and it's creating a huge domino effect, right? And so um, this is just really, really, really profound. And not only that, I, I mean, to me, the, the distinction that I don't think I ever really understood the distinction between potential for evil and evil, right? And I was like, how could God, how could God, and we're going to talk about where that potential for, for evil comes from, because even that's problematic to understand, and we're going to get there. But the fact that like, there, there, that's nuance, that's a nuance that's important, right? That God is creating, right? Do you ever like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think if I have a, a actual example, but I can just think about like creating this environment for your children, right? And you create the ability for them to make good choices, right? You set them, let's say coming from the other way, let's say you set them up for success, right? And you, you, you create a good environment and you cre create the ability for them to choose positively. And then when they, like for me, when I, when they don't make a good choice, I'm like, I set you up for success, but, um, but but the, just because you're, you, that's the energy or that's the potential doesn't mean that that's what that person's going to choose. So it's like God, right? He sets the world up. He sets up the world in a way that allows us to believe that we're separate entities, right? That's number one. And also number two gives us the ability to choose. There has to be like um, an equal, there has to be a yin and a yang, right? There has to be good and there has to be evil. Now, and that, and that's, that's what we get to decide, right? Humans get to decide um, what, what they do. And it, it reminds me, I think I said it last week, but like, you know, cause we have all these rightfully so we have all these questions on God right now and how, how could all this be happening and I, I think I said last class, what I'm going to repeat it is that when Ellie Wiesel went by the Rebbe for dollars and he's, you know, we all know who he is. He's a Holocaust survivor and he really struggled with his relationship with God after the Holocaust. And he went to the Rebbe and he said, how do you believe in God? Like, how do you believe in God? Like, how, like, how could you after what just happened? And the Rebbe was quiet and he said, after something like that, who should I believe in, man? Right? Who who should I? Is it better? Does that make you feel better to 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 that man? Like, there's no just man, which is to the point where it was humans that are making barbaric choices, not God. Yes, God put that potential into the world, but it's the humans that are making those choices. Now, um to comprehend how this actually happens we have to really distinguish between which we, we which we talked about last class but we have to understand it more and bring it in here is the internal the internal and the external aspects of the divine will right which is the speech and the breath we have to really understand the nuance of of how those two things are actually working together um so we learned from the previous chapter that even, even us humans are made up of internal and external 
aspects of Hashem. Our soul comes from the internal will of God. Our physical body is sustained by the external will of God, right? So a person who exists in a physical body in this world, therefore lives with two of, of with two systems of the divine vitality. Okay. So um, his body and his animal soul are sustained by the external will, by the speech, and the soul is, is, is sustained by the internal will, right? And when we do a sin, it's the internal will that's being affected. That's why we can still exist after we sin. If we were only a soul, and if we were only an expression of God's internal will, then if we would sin, we would cease to exist, right? Because our connection is severed and that's it. How would we be alive? But because we also have that external will, we have that, that more superficial connection to God, we can still exist even when we're disconnected from the internal part of God. And this is the concept of, of, uh, of a Jewish person, right? We learned in the chapter one of Tanya, right? You know, and I, and I said to you, if you feel like you're have a, like two personalities and you're constantly like in battle with your two souls, it's because God created you that way. And that's the point, right? We have our and a godly soul, which is God's internal will. And we have our animal soul, which is under the illusion that it's a, sep a separate entity of God and is trying to get you to disconnect. And we are made up of those two aspects. So when we're sometimes like, sometimes we even, like, I'm sure we even feel it even more now to a, like a, a, a more potent level. Like sometimes we feel so connected, right? And so attached and motivated by God. And other times we're like, no way, right? Like, I don't feel this. Like I am rejecting, I'm whatever, whatever it is that we're feeling. So the reason why that could happen, it's not like we're, we we're, we're, we're having, we have a mental disorder. It's that God literally created us with those two poles, right? And that's the purpose of why we're here. We talk, I think I mentioned this almost every class. Why are we here? We're here to overcome our urges. We're here to make good choices. We're here to choose God, right? So if it wasn't a choice, then God could have had a bunch of angels or a bunch of tzaddikim walking around and, and call it a day, right? But that's not what the point is. God wants us to choose him. So, so we have this ability to detach, right? And cause that obstruction in our soul. And the, and the reason why there's such a thing as return and repentance, which is what this book is about, is because we have the ability to disconnect. And the reason why we need to understand what is happening during the disconnect and how serious it actually is, because hopefully, hopefully over time, that motivates us to stay away from the, from, from the things that, that disconnect us. And if we have a better understanding, first off, what disconnects us, and second of all, what happens when we're disconnected, then the more information we have, the less 
inclined we are to make that choice and the more informed we are. So hopefully we, you know, we don't act out of impulse and we pause and we think like, is this worth it? Like, is this five minutes or however long of pleasure worth my disconnect from Hashem? Right. And that's where our, that's our whole purpose. The whole reason why we're here is the crux of that is choosing and intentionally choosing God. Now, God doesn't expect perfection, right? Because if he did, there wouldn't be a path to return. If he decided that we all have the ability for perfection and none of us are going to mess up, then he would not give us a road to return. But because God knows that we're not perfect and because he knows it's a struggle and because he knows it's super duper 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 hard and because the farther we get from the temples, right? The farther we get from a reality of a, a revealed God in this world, the more covered and layered he is. Um, and honestly, what I say to God right now, I'm like it's a miracle that any of us actually know who you are. It's a miracle that any of us are motivated to connect to you. And you should be very grateful because how obstructed God sometimes makes himself um, makes it very, very difficult. It's like, um, the, you know, have you ever heard of the, the great rabbi, Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Bardichev? You heard of him? So he's famous for like always being like the Jewish people's lawyer, right? Like if there was ever like, an, uh, he saw like a Jew like sinning or doing something negative or not exactly connected, he'd always find a way to show God like, Look how awesome this person is. He could have been dot, 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 but here he is, you know, doing the best he can to connect to you. And, you know, it's true. Like, it's been a long time we've been in exile, right? It's been a long time that God has covered over. And it's very, 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 very miraculous that we still find ways to connect and we, we're still believers. And, um, that is, that's the superpower of a Jew. I was just, I was talking to my husband while we were, I was preparing and discussing all these, you know, all the angsts I have and all the, you know, you know, why these concepts are so difficult right now. And he, and he said something really powerful, which it actually comes from this chapter of Tanya is that we don't live within nature. If we choose to um, tap into this part of God that believes in the reality of separation if we're like okay we're we're separate and I, and my my needs and my wants are more important than what god wants right and i know what's best and or even when we have we and we hear this a lot now and also after the holocaust my god would never dot 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 right that's when you're falling into that trap of of separate identity uh, separation of god so if we behave and act in a way that that fulfills that separateness of God, then we don't have a chance. Because then we are actually manifesting the separateness of God. We're, we're tapping into the potential for separation and evil, and we don't survive. The only reason that we survive is because we're miraculous. 
we are a people that taps into the yud vav of God, right? The Havaya of God, the God that's above nature. And you can see that today. The only reason why we're still here is because we're miraculous. And we believe that God is one and we are a part of him and we're not going to succumb, right? What I mean, you can see it from every, every denomination, every walk of life, every political party. There's such a huge, I mean, obviously there's outliers. I'm not saying everybody's on the same page, but there's this huge common denominator of we will persevere. We will prevail. And we also don't stoop to this disgusting level, right? We, What's the message? We're going to add light. We're going to add light. We're going to add light no matter what. The only way to fight darkness is that's it. What is that? That's not natural. That's not normal. That's miraculous. And if we believe and if we act in a way that is miraculous, if we tap into that miraculous part of ourselves, that miraculous soul that is sustained by God, then we actually survive. But if we fall into the trap of the Elohim, right? The, the part of God that's within nature and only operates in nature and can't operate out of nature and is separate and taps into all that potential for, for separateness, we don't survive. We don't survive. Because then actually then, yeah, it makes no sense why we're still here. But only because we are above nature. Our existence in itself is miraculous. There is no natural reason why we should still be here. And there's no reason that after everything that's been done to us, we rise above and we rise and we don't, we don't get caught up in, or we're trying really hard not to get sucked in and caught up in the hate, in the disgusting things that are going on in this world. We keep like, um, so I was just at Pagisha. Have you ever, do you know what Pagisha is? So Pagisha is um, a Shabbaton, like a weekend for all students across, actually, I thought it was all students in America, but it's actually from all over the world. College students that can come and spend a weekend together. And they come like with their Chabad, you know, rabbis and rabbitsons, and they connect. Um, and then there was, in a beautiful way. And there's, there's 1500 students all from mostly not religious, some, you know, becoming more observant, but, and it was, it happens every year, but this year felt especially powerful because the, the biggest disgusting anti-Semitism we're seeing right now is on campuses. And these students, like, they have to have the strength and the fortitude to be able to stand up for that. So it was a really empowering, and I was like, there, was, there isn't a better time to, 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 to fill these students up with courage and with light and with strength. And so the theme of the whole weekend was serving God with joy, right? And so everything was kind of centered around that. And it's like, if you think about this for a second, and if you actually spend some time, which I don't recommend you do, but if you've come across the things that have been going on on campus, the things that have been said, it is so depressing. It is so disheartening. It is so dark. And the fact that what are we doing? We're empowering our students. We're telling them to serve God with joy. We're encouraging them, don't engage, right? Do your thing, stay strong, stay proud. And if you think about that, it's bananas. Right? Like, 
logically we should be saying leave campus hi take off your yarmulke take off your mezuzah don't wear and it's no it's like be loud and be proud and don't don't let that get you and that is because we are a miraculous nation and we survive off of the part of god that is unbreakable right so um so this person right this person who lives in a physical world and exists in a physical bar body is living with these two systems, right? This external vitality that um, will still exist even during separation, right? And this internal soul vitality that is much more sensitive. Why? Why? Why is it much more sensitive? Because it comes from what? The breath, right? Because it's godly. Oh. Right. And it comes from the breath and the breath can't go through obstacles, right? Breath doesn't travel through barriers. So you really want to keep that line of connection open or else it gets stuck or it has like a, a short circuit, right? Um. So is the breath like a pipe, like a conduit to go? Yeah. That's what yeah, the breath. Yeah. The breath is like that cord, right? That, yeah. that rope that connects um, our soul directly to God. And if there's an obstruction, either like part of the rope gets cut. Severed, yeah. Severed, or there's like a blockage, right? And it, it just can't, it can't get through, it's damaged. Um, so now it's important to, to understand, whoa, it's 8.15 already? 7.15 here. <laughs> wow, that flew by. Did that fly by? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So um, it's important. <laughs> it's important to understand also this nuance that by the time of the giving of the Torah, the internal aspect of the divine could be expressed in the external world. So before the giving of the Torah, before Matan Torah, you couldn't make physical things holy. They didn't, you like, you there, there was no official commandments. There was no mitzvahs, right? So things didn't take on holiness. But after the giving of the Torah, you could take the internal aspect of the divine, right? Which is God's will. What's God's will? His Torah mitzvahs, and actually affect the external world. If you think about it, that's very, very, very profound, right? How is our internal connection affecting the external world? But that's what was the miraculous thing that happened after the giving of the Torah, that you could take a physical object and make it holy. You with me? Absolutely. Right? So you could take, like, inherently, the Torah is just parchment. Before, like, it doesn't, there's nothing holy about it. But because it's God's written word and we use it to study Torah, it is the holiest thing, right? So we're able to take the internal aspect of ourselves, the internal will of God, and affect the external world, right? So this unique situation 
is what creates the ability for a man who lives in the external world can transgress a commandment, which is the expression of his inner will and cause separation. So it works both ways. Okay, explain that again. So, explain that again. Okay. so just like we could take the internal and affect the external, right? We can make things in, in the world holy, right? We could all, this, this concept is what allows a person to take something unholy and affect his inside. Or that he could choose to do something that is a transgression and then sever his, his internal connection. He could do something externally that's, that severs his internal connection. And we could do something that comes from our internal and affect the external world, right? There's this crossover. There's this back and forth, this give and take, right? Um, and this transgression causes this obstruction between the divine vitality, which is God, and the divine soul, right? And essentially what's happening is it's disconnecting from its source. So the person will continue to exist. We're not going to physically die, right? Because we still have that external connection, but he's been cut off from his internal connection. Now we're going to talk about this probably next class, but I just want to give you a little sneak peek that in the time of the temple, there were certain, we're going to, all this is kind of heading to this point where there are certain sins that cause kares. What's we, we mentioned it last class. Kares is where the excision, like you're cut off and basically you die. It's, it's like this, you, your life is cut short because of this transgression. During the times of the temple, if someone would commit one of these sins that um, it's almost like a natural consequence that causes this disconnect, they would physically pass away. But now that we don't have the temple, you can have, you somebody could have a spiritual karis where his soul's cut off from God, but still continue to live physically in his body. Okay, so the Tana gives an example. Um, it says, it's like a, a child who plays peekaboo and hides his face, right? With his hands, right? And he, he's not actually hiding himself because his hands are a part of him, right? It's still a part of him, but he is concealing his face. You don't actually see his face, right? When he goes, can't see me, and that, right? Um, you're seeing him because his hands are part of it, but you can't see his face. So similarly, it's possible. So similarly, it's impossible to truly conceal or have an obstruction that blocks God completely because everything has to be sustained by God, right? So even when we're sinning and transgressing, we're not saying we're disconnected from God completely because then we would literally cease to exist. What we're saying is that it's possible for a person to kind of block off God's inner essence from shining through to his soul, but still remain alive. So basically where it's like you could see the hands of God, but you can't see his face. Right? When we do a sin, it's like, this is what God is. He's covering his, like, our soul isn't anymore connected to his face. 
We're connected to some other part of God. Okay, questions. I actually was coherent enough that you don't have questions. What? <laughs> okay, amazing. Um, so, so you can't essentially, if you're alive, basically, if you're alive, if you're dead, then that's a different story. But if you're alive, you can't cut yourself off completely from God. But you are causing a major obstruction to the essence, the inner vitality of Hashem. Okay. So where we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a minute because I want to leave off in a good a good part. Um, okay, what I think we're going to do, so that the heavens and the earth are direct expression of God's desire, right? They, they were born directly of God's will. He wills their existence and therefore they exist. Okay. The supernal will, which we no comes from which part of Hashem? Which name of Hashem does a supernal will come from? We're all we all have PTSD from talking about it, right? The Yud Hey Vav Hey, the Yud Hey Vav Hey of Hashem. At least I have PTSD because <laughs> it's so esoteric. I'm like, it's so hard to like really make it tangible. But the supernal will comes from this part of God. That's the supernal will of God, the Havaya, right? And um, the name of Havaya is the one that energizes the internal will, right? And the name of Elohim is a name that provides the energy for the natural order of things, right? The, the more superficial part of Hashem. I didn't get that part. Okay. So you know how there's two names of God? Well, there's many names of God, but a very two common names of God is Havaya, Right, the Yud and the He and the Vav He. Okay. Yes. And then there's Elohim. Okay. The supernal, our soul is energized by Havaya, by the supernal internal will of God. Remember that what we, we said it's connect like it's God's Havaya is our Havaya, it has its right. ten attributes, right? But the like the natural part of the world, like nature and animals and all those things are sustained by the Elohim which is the, the name of God that is, is in connection to nature, right? Like the more external part of God. Okay. It's still the same thing though. It's God. It's still God. It's still, it's still, God. It's just, it's still holy, right? I mean. No, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still holy, but yeah. just, just different energies, different, right? It's like, the, it's like basically saying the, the speaking and the breathing. Elohim is speaking and Havaya is breathing, right? It's it's okay. The different levels of Hashem. Now, we are, I'm just thinking, and we're not going to start it today. What we're going to start off next class is we're going to, which is really time appropriate, but we're going to talk more about the nature of evil because we still are a little stuck. What are we a little stuck on? Is that 
I'm going to, I'm going to give you the question to mull over and then we're going to, we're going to attempt to kind of tackle it next time. We have to understand where evil gets its existence and vitality because it's a problem. It's a problem, right? Since nothing has any existence outside of God, like where is this? Even though we know that God is now creating the potential for evil, but even that, even the potential for evil, and then when a human actually chooses evil, it does then need to be sustained by God, right? Where is that energy coming from? Where is that evil energy coming from? If everything is God and everything's being sustained by God, where, how do we reconcile this negative energy and where does it come from? So is it coming from the backside of God? Yes, yes, 10 points. Um, it's coming from the backside, but we have to understand like, what is, what is that? Like, and how does that work? So we're not going to fully understand it because newsflash, we're not supposed to understand the inner workings of God. We're not supposed to be okay with negativity. If God, like we, we, I think we said this last time, if God told us all the secrets of why he does things, then we would be okay with things that he doesn't want us to be okay with, right? But we still need to understand as much as we can where, how, how to reconcile the existence of evil in our brains because we operate on the fact that everything is sustained by God. And we need to be able to, to continue to operate that way. So we do need to like have some kind of reconciliation to like, where does this evil come from? And Carrie gave it away because, but we're going to talk about it more. No, good job. I'm very proud that there's this thing called the backside of God, which God sustains things that he doesn't want, right? He does it because he has to, but it comes from an energy that he doesn't like in the, first book of time like we said like when you have to it's like it's like giving um gaza uh uh what's it called what do they call it um um aid right it's like you throw it over your shoulder you don't like you throw it out of necessity over your backside but you're not happy to do it right um and that's how God sustains evil. Like he, he has to have, he, it has to be there for whatever reason, but it doesn't get his attention and he's doing it very begrudgingly. That's kind of what the backside of God means, but we'll get into that more. So I'm going to put a mark where we left off. Okay. Um, any questions before we get to a meditation? Either I was very clear or I was very unclear. <laughs> it's very clear for okay, me. Good. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, I want to see that. Actually, I want to think I. I don't know if I'm understanding your classes, your class now more easier. It's like this class for me was a lot easier for me to comprehend then I mean I still had to focus and really really concentrate on what you're saying but it was more smooth for me to get than you know months ago or 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 even the yeah. last class well that's because you're a pro already you you're like the more you're practicing you know, 
yeah I'm practicing so it's becoming more right and we're repeating um, more knowledgeable because even the altarabe like there's a if you notice there's a lot of repetition in the tanya and in the concepts like he keeps reminding us he goes and remember what we talked about right because these are hard concepts and so you're not supposed to hear them once and be like okay now i get this right like you have to keep repeating them you have to keep saying it you have to keep asking questions you have to keep like these concepts in your front of your mind because they're they're difficult. So because you're you you're doing you're here and you're you you're in tune and you keep hearing over and over again what these things that's why I keep also repeating like why are we here? What are we talking about? How did we get to why are we talking about this specific thing? What's our end goal? What are we trying to accomplish, right? We need to keep reminding ourselves of what what we're talking about because it's very easy, first of all, to get lost. And it's very, these are hard things. Like I've been learning this for years, not Agarasa Chuba, by the way. Agarasa Chuba, this is my first time learning it. So that's why sometimes like I'm struggling along with you because I don't have, like the first, the first book of Tanya, like I could really not, I wouldn't say give in my sleep, but I don't, it's not a hardship for, like I don't have to sit and prepare for hours, you know? But this, like, this is new for me. I never learned this in school. I never learned it. And so sometimes I'm also getting stuck in these concepts and I'm asking my husband, like, this makes no sense, <laughs> you know, whatever, because it's really hard. And, but the, but, but the repetition, right. They're just sticking at it and, and, being, you know what, the biggest thing I discovered is being okay with not understanding a concept fully the first time you hear it, right? Like, let it just be there. And then you think about it and then you hear it again. And each, each time I learn this or I read it again in the book, like something else tiny, like makes more sense. Yeah. Because it's just, it's layers, it's layers. And this is not easy stuff. So you it's guys like are our, it's like our prayers. There's so yeah. much repetition in so many yeah, different prayers. You know, like so I, today. by now I know them all by heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um okay, I just want I, I I prepared from two different books. I just want to make sure I didn't miss any key thing from from the Miller Tanya. So the one concept I think we said last time that I just want to like double down on is that nothing in the universe can of its own accord disconnect from Hashem, right? Everything is Hashem. Nothing by itself can disconnect from Hashem. But if God wills there to be a disconnection, that's what will disconnect you. So what does that mean? It's that inherently nothing can disconnect from Hashem. But God created sin because he wanted the, the ability to disconnect from him so we would have a hard time choosing to connect to him. So when we choose to connect to him, we're awesome, right? So it's not that there's this big open-ended like concept of disconnect. It's like, no, you cannot disconnect from Hashem except for this one time, this one thing. Okay, it's 365 one things, but it's this one concept of going against his will. That's the only thing that disconnects you is the is the concept that Hashem decided that there's this idea that you could go against my will, but it's only a, a it's only a concept because Hashem willed it to be so. But it's not like 
oh, like if you don't believe in God, you're disconnecting from him. You wish, you know, like that doesn't work. You only disconnect from him in a way that he says you can disconnect. Does that make sense? Sarah. Yeah. He loves us, even though he's very it's, hard on us. What I'm saying is that like, you don't get to like, you don't get to decide like, I don't believe in you. So now I'm disconnected. Right. It's like, or, or there's all these little different ways that are, or, or the fact that you're not consciously connecting to God means you're disconnected from him. No. Nope. What it means is that everything is Hashem, whether you like it or not, everything is Hashem. If you actively choose to disconnect with him, he has, he has ways for you to do that, but only the way that he tells, like he allows you to. Otherwise, everything is God. And the fact that you can disconnect from him is also God. The fact that God decided that there's disconnection possible comes from him. He decided that this is the way you can disconnect from me. Yeah? Okay. Oh gosh, here I am. I went over time. <laughs> here I am thinking I'm like on time. Okay, quickly, quickly, quickly. Take a deep breath. Guys, let it out. Just let your whole body melt on your exhale. Yeah, like move your body around, roll your neck, stretch, like get grounded. Take a deep inhale. And on your exhale, gently close your eyes and just let it go. I'm gonna remind you what we wanna think about on our inhale, expansion, opening up our heart, opening ourselves up to God, because sometimes we, we, we don't let them in, right? We close them off and we say, no, no, right? But try to open up your heart and allow yourself to see God in your life and then exhale and ground and relax your shoulders and just purge any negativity anything that's bringing you down anything that's blocking your connection just let it go okay we're going to do three more rounds inhale and exhale Inhale. And exhale. Last one, inhale. And exhale. Okay. Let's focus our attention on this thought. When a person follows the paths of Torah, he draws upon himself a supernal spirit, as the verse states, until a spirit from on high is poured upon us. When a person perverts his ways, he draws upon himself another spirit from Sitra Akhra, the backside, which is the side of impurity. Basically, when you follow the path of Torah, you are completely connected to God's internal desires and his internal vitality when we choose to go against his will transgress we cause a block and we're disconnected and we're getting our energy from the back side of god instead of the front side of god 
Now I want you to just think for a minute, you know, less abstract, but more kind of practically. If anything in this class kind of spoke to you or is going to have an impact on your week or something that you're going to think about or something that you're going to maybe try to do a little differently. It doesn't have to be big. It could be super tiny. But I don't want this class to kind of remain like conceptual or very lofty or, you know, kind of out of reach. Just think if there's anything that really impacted you in a more practical way. And there's no right or wrong answer. If it didn't, that's fine too. You can feel free to share if you want to after or keep it private. Bring your attention back to your breath. One more deep inhale. One more deep exhale. And when you're ready and you feel grounded, you can gently open your eyes. There's no rush. If anyone wants to share out loud or in the chat box something that impacted you or that you're going to think about, um, during the week, would love to hear, but obviously no obligations. So for me, like I told you, um, I was really affected by this concept of like, this like idea where God um, doesn't create evil. He creates the potential for evil and how we're the only creation that actually has the ability to choose that. And um, I thought that was really powerful. That's my thing that I'm going to think about. All right. Well, everyone have a good week. May we only hear good news and we should hear continued victory and success from Israel. And we should continue to be able to have the strength to tap into our connection with God, even during these very, very testing and trying times. Um, and, but we do, you know, we can do that together and we have the support. And when we're feeling really low, reach out to the people that can help lift you back up. Right. Um, stop the recording.